fantasy football today at DFS on Thursday, November 25th. That's right. You're probably not listening to this on Thanksgiving, but happy Thanksgiving to you anyway. Hope you enjoyed it. Frank Stanfield joined as always by Mike McClure and Sina Jad here to deep dive each game on the week 12 main slate. We'll have my dad's sneaky DFS picks later on as well. Crushed it with the Brandon IU call last week, and we will wrap up with our cheat sheet, our favorite value, chalk, contrarian, and stack for week 12. We are recording this Wednesday night, so there's a chance things are going to change. I'm not even going to say there's a chance. Things are going to change. If things get really crazy, maybe we fire up a little Saturday live stream to to update you all and everything, but I just wanted to preface uh, everything with that. How's it going, See How are you feeling about this 10-game slate in week 12? I'm feeling pretty good. It's weird though, right? Because we have, just like Mike said uh, a couple days ago, we have sort of two weeks to play fantasy football within one. So we've got this Thanksgiving slate, which, you know, is kind of happening in a few hours, basically, and uh, the Sunday slate. So it's hard for me to have, you know, be concentrating on both of them. But I do feel excited about the Sunday slate. And it's because I think a lot of the ownership is going to be in weird places. And I think it's going to be really easy to pivot off of things that are popular for things that I, for, for players that I actually like anyway. So it's not like contrarian pivots for me. It's just people that players that are not going to be super popular that I would be playing anyway that because, you know, it's just that they'd be chalkish in other weeks. So I'm excited to, to uh, filter that down this episode. Yeah. I am interested to see where ownership comes in as well, because you're right. I mean, it feels like everything's pretty bunched up right now. Like, there's no clear standout. There is one game with a, a point total over 50 right now. That's the Bucks at Colts, 52 and a half. But then we have three more that are, you know, right between 47 and a half and 48 and a half. There's no really big spreads this week either. The highest spread is uh, six and a half points, and that is the Patriots who are hosting the Tennessee Titans this week. So it's pretty interesting. There's no like crazy outlier games. Uh, so I think things could be potentially bunched up here. Mike, what's going on, man? We'll talk about it later on. But Cooper Cup finally back on the main slate. He is 9,600 over on DraftKings, the highest priced player on the slate. Fade him at your own risk. Fade Cooper Cup at your own risk is back. And Tyreek Hill is not on the slate, so that's fun. Uh, at some point, we'll get both of them on the main slate again together. But yeah, fade him at your own risk. And right now, I am leaning towards fading him. Oh, right. Living on the edge there. We do have two teams on a bye this week. That is the Chiefs, the aforementioned Chiefs, and the Arizona Cardinals. So get healthy, Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins. Hopefully we have you back after the bye. Let's start with the Bucks at the Colts. The Bucks are three-point favorites with a 52.5 point total here. All odds come via Caesar Sportsbook. And for Tampa Bay, Antonio Brown and Mike Evans did not practice on Wednesday. Mike Evans dealing with a back injury that's cropped up here. We'll see how he handles that as the week goes on. Uh, linebacker Devin White and offensive lineman Ali Marpet uh, did not practice on Wednesday. Defensive tackle Vita Vea should be able to return this week. So that's uh, good news for the defensive line and uh, potentially stopping, trying to stop one Jonathan Taylor. For the Colts, offensive lineman Quentin Nelson did not practice on Wednesday. T.Y. Hilton, linebacker Darius Leonard, and cornerback T.J. Carey were limited. And let's start with the man, Jonathan Taylor, the RB1 in fantasy football right now, coming off a game with over 200 scrimmage yards and five total touchdowns. He leads the NFL with 66 red zone opportunities. Leonard Fournette is the next closest with 42. Think about that. 24 red zone opportunities difference between Jonathan Taylor and the next closest running back. That is just unheard of. He is 
in a league of his own right now. He is the highest priced running back on DraftKings. He is the highest priced player overall over on FanDuel. See, we will start with you. What are we doing with Jonathan Taylor this week? And does it matter that he's facing this Tampa Bay Bucks defense that is allowing just 3.51 yards per carry to running backs this season? So what's funny about the stat you just read out is that Leonard Fournette was number two. I almost feel like that's the real headline. Like Leonard Fournette in your year-long leagues, you know, Fournette was, it was a debate between Fournette and Rojo, right? And these guys were going in the fifth or sixth or seventh round. So really Fournette has proven his medal. Like this is the guy. As far as Jonathan Taylor, I do think he's matchup and game script proof. Uh, This is sort of why we talked about him last week in in what at least appeared to be a bad matchup, which was a little bit of smoke and mirrors because the Bills had faced the Dolphins twice, the Jets, just a lot of bottom feeder teams. But with that said, the Tampa Bay run defense is legitimately good, whether Vita Vea plays or not. So it is kind of a problem. I do like stacking this game, and I like stacking it on the Tom Brady side. I will be bringing it back with Jonathan Taylor. And in other lineups, I will be bringing it back with Michael Pittman. I might throw T.Y. Hilton just as a Hail Mary 4K play in there as well. So my answer to your question is, I'm still playing Jonathan Taylor. I still don't think he's going to be as popular as he should be. Uh, we'll have to wait a couple days to really get iron out some ownership. But I like him. I don't like him as much as I did last week, though. Mike, how are you feeling about Jonathan Taylor? And what do you think about stacking this game? Obviously, the highest total on the main slate. So I think it's going to garner some ownership because of that. We'll see what happens with Mike Evans. You know, if for some reason he doesn't play, I'm sure Chris Godwin would be extremely popular. But what are you thinking about this game in general and Jonathan Taylor? Yeah, as of right now, I don't have a lot of interest in the game, believe it or not. I have zero interest in Jonathan Taylor um, just because he's more expensive than Christian McCaffrey. McCaffrey has a much better matchup. Everyone told themselves that they can't play Christian or they can't play uh, Jonathan Taylor in that kind of matchup like last week. Went off. He's going to garner extra ownership just for that fact. So if you missed out on that one, in my opinion, you simply missed out on it and not a not something that's likely to happen again, as good as he is. That's everyone can agree that's still an outlier performance. Um, so yeah, I, zero interest in Jonathan Taylor. Uh, would rather play Christian McCaffrey or some of the wide receivers. On the Bucks side, uh, yeah, I have some interest in the passing game, particularly Rob Gronkowski. Uh, I think his price point's kind of middling to the point where uh, I don't think he's going to be ultra popular unless maybe Mike Evans is out. Um, some of that ownership will go to Godwin, obviously. Some will go there. We'll be interesting to see if Scotty Miller is activated for them. Antonio Brown, I assume, is out. But if he's in, I absolutely love Antonio Brown anytime he's eligible to play football. Um, but as of right now, I'm not planning to really stack this game. I, I think I'll have one-off receivers. I have some interest in Michael Pittman in some spots, have interest uh, you know, in, in Gronkowski, a little bit in Godwin, and then a little bit for a value play in Scotty Miller if he's able to return to the lineup for them. Antonio Brown, by the way, we haven't talked about him in a while. Obviously, he's been out dealing with that, uh, I believe it's an ankle injury, foot injury, and he is 5,500, so he is a lot cheaper than both Chris Godwin and Mike Evans if for some reason Antonio Brown was able to get back in the lineup. I'm right there with you. I do like Rob Gronkowski quite a bit. This is a really good matchup for really all the pass catchers for for Tampa Bay here, so I I don't mind stacking up the the Tampa Bay side. If you want to do something with uh, Brady, Godwin, and Gronk, I think that's going to be decently popular you bring it back with like a Michael Pittman I have absolutely no issue with that see I did want to ask you like it's early in the week I didn't really build out a cash shell yet but I I think that Godwin Pittman and Gronk are all in play for cash as of now what are you thinking about that 
Yeah, I would say Godwin. It, Godwin and Gronk, I like a little bit better than Pittman for cash. I like Pittman more in GPP. Um, yeah, Godwin makes a lot of sense. Listen, this the, not only is the secondary bad for the Colts, but their pressure rate is bad as well. So Tom Brady is really going to be sitting back there kind of picking the Colts apart, in my opinion, which is why I do like the Tom Brady stack quite a bit. When we get to the cheat sheet portion, I mean, this spoiler alert, Tom Brady, Chris Godwin is definitely uh, my favorite stack so far. So, yeah, I'm not so sure about Pittman in cash, but I do love Godwin in cash. All right. And I will point out Godwin, Keenan Allen, Deontay Johnson, they're all in a similar price range. I I believe it's within $800 of each other this upcoming week. And I think they're all in play for cash. So you you likely have to choose one of those. Um, Depends how the rest of your lineup shakes out. But I I do like all of them quite a bit. We didn't mention Leonard Fournette. Uh, Mike, do you have any interest? He is 6,800. Obviously getting a ton of red zone opportunities, getting a lot of targets too. five plus targets in seven of 10 games this season. Uh, I don't have a ton of interest there. I think okay. the only way I would really find myself there is if for some reason like AJ Dillon's no longer eligible, they're not eligible, but like no longer in my core player pool because Aaron Jones returns, things like that. Um, San Francisco, Eli Mitchell comes back, that that could change things. But it would take like multiple situations like that to put Leonard Fournette more in play for me. So, but when there's going to be some more obvious value and then the high end with McCaffrey, um, it doesn't project as the matchup that I really want to grab Fournette in. All right, let's move on to the Falcons at Jaguars. The Falcons are one-point favorites. With a 46-point total, Corderell Patterson was limited in practice on Wednesday. Jamal Agnew is out for the season for the Jaguars. Uh, Cornerback Shaquille Griffin and linebacker Miles Jack did not practice. James Robinson was limited. Let's start off with the Falcons side. I think there's only three players that you can even somewhat consider here. It's, you know, Matt Ryan. He's only 5,500. But I will point out the Jaguars defense playing a little bit better as of late. They've held quarterbacks under 200 passing yards in three of their last four games. They did not allow a passing touchdown to Josh Allen either when they played him as well. Uh, And then obviously, Corderell Patterson. He's been money this year when he's been healthy. He's 6,500. Kyle Pitts is the second highest priced tight end on both sites, DraftKings and FanDuel. Uh, He has a 22% target share since Calvin Ridley took his uh, leave of absence. That was back in week eight. The problem is uh, Pitts hasn't really done anything with that target share. So Sia, what are you thinking about the Falcon side in this game? Well, let me ask you this, and you might have gone over this. Uh, Patterson on Wednesday, did he get in a full practice? Limited practice. Limited price. So, uh, yeah, I, I don't – we'll have to wait and see what happens with uh, with the practice reports later in the week. I don't think I really have interest there either way. The only reason I was asking really was because I think it's possible that if Patterson somehow sits out, I think Kadri Allison, Allison excuse me, at 4K would be an in, um, interesting money saver. And honestly, he looked pretty dynamic, at least relative to Mike Davis. So I see him enjoying – you know, quite a few touches like he did last week if uh, he's in that game. Other than that, on this side of the ball, there's just uh, I'll just keep it short. I don't really have any interest. I, I have no interest in picking among the receivers, uh, Gage, Sharp, Zacchaeus. It's just Frank Darby, uh, Kyle Pitts. He's just getting too much focus and he's getting kind of shut down when that focus is on him. And, and, you know, unfortunately, because we have Ridley out, you know, the focus will be on Kyle Pitts. So I'll keep an eye on Allison and Patterson. Outside of that, no interest here. On the Jaguar side of things, we do have James Robinson at a decent price. He is 6,200 on DraftKings, 7,600 on FanDuel. He's scored in two straight games since returning from injury. I mentioned Jamal Agnew out for the season. So 
in theory, this should condense the target share for the Jacksonville Jaguars. It's just a matter of, can Trevor Lawrence get the ball in the hands of his playmakers? Uh, that, I think, remains to be seen. Marvin Jones is 5,300. LaVisca Chanel all the way down at 4,400. Uh, he did run his most routes out of the slot since week four, so I thought that was encouraging last week. Uh, Dan Arnold gave us a donut, and he is still reasonably priced at 4K. Mike, what do you think about the Jaguar side? Yeah, it starts with Dan Arnold for me. Uh, I like him at tight end a lot, but I'm also going to have a little bit of LaVisca Chenault. Um, you know, we, we've all watched him. We've all seen the upside that he has in, in certain situations. Um, I think this game is going to be ultra competitive, and I think that's what you want him in. I think you want him in an ultra competitive game. Um, you, we all know, we always complain about it and laugh about it. Like, why is Agdu getting all of these targets all the time? <laughs> well, he's obviously no longer there, so it's going to come down to LaVisca and Dan Arnold um, it, for them to have any success, in my opinion. So I like both of them. Um, I guess if you like both of them, and because everyone is spending down at quarterback this week, it seems, you can play Trevor Lawrence also if you want to. Um, I, I think it's going to be a competitive game. So I actually don't hate Trevor Lawrence. Like if Looking at the ownership right here, based on how popular Cam and Tyrod Taylor are going to be, I don't hate the pivot to Trevor Lawrence uh, just because of – really doubling down on those value plays that we know are going to be somewhat popular. So I like Dan Arnold, one of my core tight ends, uh, probably one of the two that I will play this week. And then LaVisca as of right now um, can change a lot based on what running back value opens up. But as of right now, LaVisca Chenault is actually in my player pool. You know what's so interesting? There's a few of these games this week where the teams that are facing each other are quite bad, but they could still have relevance for fantasy and for DFS. Yeah. So like, obviously we're going to oh, yeah. talk about each game, but like the Falcons at the Jaguars, the jets at the Texans, like <laughs> these games are pretty gross, but I think we're going to be able to find value uh, regardless. Let's move on to the Eagles at the giants. The Eagles are three and a half point favorites with a 45 and a half point total here. Jordan Howard is expected to miss week 12. Darius Slate did not practice as he is in concussion protocol for the giants. Uh, well, we've got a long list here. Kadarius, Tony, Sterling Shepard, Kyle Rudolph did not practice. Saquon Barkley, cornerback Adoree Jackson, and wide receiver John Ross were all limited. And we mentioned this on Tuesday. Jason Garrett, he gone. He was fired by the Giants. He's no longer their offensive coordinator. Freddie Kitchens is now calling plays. Don't really know if that's an upgrade, honestly. Uh, but let's start with the running backs here. As it seems, both are in good spots and are at fair price points here. Saquon Barkley is 6,300. Played 62% of the snaps in his return on Monday Night Football, handled 12 of 16 running back touches, 16% target share. That's pretty healthy. Uh, and then Miles Sanders, he is 5,100. Uh, strong running back here going up against the Giants. And I mentioned no Jordan Howard in the spot. See ya. How do you feel about these running backs? I like them both, but just from a pure value standpoint, I like Miles Sanders quite a bit better. I mean, 5,100 for a guy who got, you know, a Decent amount of carries, almost had 100 yards, almost averaged six yards per carry. He lost a fumble, which wasn't great, but those are you know typically pretty random, so I'm not super worried about that. I think 5,100 on a team that is just strictly running the ball and a, a team that now has sort of Jordan Howard out of the mix, it's pretty clear between, in my opinion, between Miles Sanders, Boston Scott, and Kenneth Gainwell that it's going to be the Miles Sanders show. You know, that from from this point moving forward. So I think 5,100 is a steal there. Saquon, I was a little discouraged about what I saw last week, but it was his first game back. So I can't really hold that against him. The problem is at 6,300, I just like a lot of other guys that are sort of in that range or, or even down to like the 5,800, 5,900 range, which we'll talk about later on in this show that I don't know that I'm going to get up to Saquon. And for the record, 
when Devontae Booker came in in the second half of that game last week, he kind of looked better, at least in terms of north-south. Like he was just running through the hole and he was getting nine to 10 yards where Saquon was doing a lot of dancing. I don't know if he had a lot of faith in the cuts he was making. Maybe that turns around against the Philadelphia Eagles, but I don't know that I'm willing to take that risk on Saquon this week. I think that's definitely a fair point. This Just the price point reminds me of earlier in the season when we were getting him at this low to mid 6K range. And you just know, like, when he's healthy, we don't know if he's 100% healthy, uh, he's normally, you know, a, a mid-7K, even like an 8K running back on DraftKings. So uh, could be getting a discount there, but again, it's, it's the Giants. So, like, how much faith can you actually have in it? Uh, Mike, we'll throw the rest of the Eagles your way. They're, they're passing attack. I know that normally you are a fan of Jalen Hurts. Uh, how about this week? He had three rushing touchdowns last week. Their target share, pretty condensed right now. It's Devontae Smith. It's Dallas Goddard. You know what you're going to get. The problem, they just don't really pass that much. Yeah, I'm not super interested here. I, I think it's okay. Like, he obviously has upside. We know that. We talk about it every single week. Um, you're playing a little bit of touchdown roulette, and I think at some point it's going to be the Miles Sanders week where he gets the touchdowns. Um, so I was very encouraged with Miles Sanders. I like him the most. Dallas Goddard would be the second. And then after that, I, I don't think I have any other interest on the Eagles side. On the Giants side, Saquon, you're right about – Saquon being a $7,500 to $8,500 running back when healthy. The problem is, is I don't think he's healthy. And I'm not sure that he's really ever going to be healthy again, unfortunately. It's as sad as it is. You watch him here. He had one really explosive play in this game immediately to the sidelines. Was very uncomfortable with the ankle after that, that play. He did end up coming back in the game, but I, I don't feel good about it at all. Um, I can play him on a showdown slate very comfortably. I cannot play him on a full slate with any amount of confidence. Just wrap up here with the Giants side of things. We don't really know who's going to play yet. I read off all their DNPs. They're limited in practice right now. Uh, but Darius Slate in concussion protocol, so that definitely could help things here. Um, I will mention Evan Engram. It's gross. I know. We've all been, at some point in time, if you played DFS, you have been burned by Evan Engram. There's no doubt in my mind. But he is 3,800. Kyle Rudolph dealing with injury. The Eagles really struggle against tight ends. They allow the most receptions, yards, and touchdowns to the position. Uh, and Evan Ingram did play 90% of the snaps last week, which was a season high. So, see any interest in Evan Ingram or really any Giants pass catchers? Not really. I mean, my faith in Daniel Jones is pretty low, and I, I don't know how this offense is going to be re revamped immediately with Freddie Kitchen. So it's really hard for me to focus on any pass catcher on the Giants side other than Kadarius Toney, because he's the type of guy that the ADOT is so low. Daniel Jones just peppers him, you know, three to five yards down the field, and Tony does what Tony does. Sometimes he breaks one for another 10, and sometimes he moves backwards for three yards. But at least you're getting that full point on DraftKings, the half a point on FanDuel. So Tony at 5,200, I think, is a great value, actually, in this game. But other than that, not interested in any other pass, pass catchers. Yeah, I agree with you on Tony. Assuming that he's on the field, he's good to go. We know that typically Daniel Jones likes throwing to his slot wide receiver. Uh, we'll see, you know, if, if Sterling Shepard is out, that would obviously help Kadarius Tony as well. Let's move on to the Steelers at the Bengals. The Bengals are four and a half point favorites with a 45 point total. And Eric Ebron expected to miss a couple of weeks with a knee injury. That's Great news for uh, Pat Fryermuth and uh, Joe Hayden did not practice. TJ Watt was limited for the Bengals. Auden Tate did not practice. Uh, Tyler Boyd had a full practice after leaving week 11 with cramps. Let's start with the running backs here. Some 
you know, pretty high profile names. Um, seems like a, a, a good matchup for both here. Uh, and the, the Bengals are allowing the second most fantasy points to the position over the past month. The Steelers allowing the eighth most fantasy points to running backs uh, during that same time period. Najee Harris up to 8,200 on DraftKings. He's the fourth highest priced running back on that site. And then Joe Mixon is 7,500. He is the sixth highest. I'm going to start with you again, Sia, because I want to throw the passing game to Mike. I know he's very excited to talk about uh, the pass game here. So what do you think about the running backs with Joe Mixon and Najee Harris? I like this game a lot, and it's it's because of the running backs. And I know Mike's going to talk about um, at least one side of a stack, which which I don't mind at all. But I, I just love... So there's two things happening here that, that are sort of colliding in this game. Joe Mixon and Najee Harris get a ton of volume. We know that about Najee Harris. I, I think there might be a little misconception about Joe Mixon. I, I don't think people have come around to the fact that he's really getting a ton of carries. 30 last week, zero receptions, zero targets, which is weird, but that's because of that, that game script was kind of weird as well. But both these guys get tremendous volume, and they're both going against defenses that don't do well against the run. So I like – I mean, honestly, I think you could – you could play this game and just pull Mixon and Najee Harris out of it if you wanted to. I don't know that I'm going to be playing as much Najee Harris, but I'm super interested in Joe Mixon at home. So that's a definite play for me. I also like Najee Harris. I just don't know if I'm going to be willing to pay the 8200 for him. Yeah, I agree with you. The price tag is just high for Najee Harris, especially when you know you can go 800 more and you can get CMC, you can go 900 more and get Jonathan Taylor uh, in theory as well. So it, it's just tough with that price tag there. Joe Mixon, I, I do like quite a bit because you're getting the savings, $700 difference, and uh, he is scoring a ton. Obviously, we don't want to put too much uh, faith in touchdowns because they're pretty fluky, but when they get down near the red zone, they are feeding Joe Mixon. He has 10 touchdowns over the Bengals' last seven games, and as you mentioned, coming off a game with 30 carries. Mike, you are very interested in the pass game here. How are you handling it stack-wise? Yeah, very interested. So some of you will be very shocked to learn that I want to play Ben Roethlisberger in this game. Uh, So look, I think the Steelers' defense is an absolute mess right now. Uh, You mentioned the players that are out. They have not been the same. We watched them get torched uh, in that game by the Chargers. Frankly, a Chargers team that had been struggling as well. I love that. I want them to get torched. I want points on the board on the other side. I want obvious passing situations. I, I want passing attempts, right? So this is a great spot for him. I think this game's going to be ultra competitive. I took the Steelers in a teaser on the sports betting side over on Sportsline at plus 10.5. Some of my colleagues there love the Steelers at plus 4.5 expecting very, very competitive game. So these two teams played in week three. Ben threw the ball, I believe, 58 times in this game, threw for over 300 yards. This was the game where everyone was like, oh my God, Najee Harris can catch the football. Najee Harris had 14 receptions in this game in week three. It was a game they played without Deontay Johnson. And what that tells me is they need Deontay Johnson. And that's why Najee Harris got all those catches around the line of scrimmage. That's what Deontay Johnson is going to do in this game, in my opinion. So I am playing here on the fact that I think the defense is going to give up points to Joe Burrow. And what I love about it is his price point. Ben Roethlisberger, 5,200. Deontay Johnson, 6,600. Very cheap stack on a week where we know people are paying down at quarterback. You mentioned a lack of high totals this week, right? So this total sitting at 45. I have a slight edge to the over at 47 in the simulations. But 45 does not look attractive when you see only one game in the 50s and a lot at that 47-48 range. 
by default, there, there's not a lot of difference between 45 and 47. It's when the total is above 50 that you really start to take notice and where the additional store, scoring comes in. So I love Ben Roethlisberger to Deontay Johnson. I like Chase Claypool as a flyer in tournaments. And I love Jamar Chase against the secondary that I, I think he's going to get loose. Mike Williams did once, really, but he could have many times in that game if Keenan Allen, frankly, and Austin Eckler weren't so good at their jobs and also open. Uh, so look for Jamar Chase to get loose, have a big day in this one. And as you can tell, I'm very excited about it. Deontay uh, Johnson. I, I'll, I'll, I'll give you... Um... I'll throw it your way, see, in just a second. But I wanted to say, Deontay Johnson, like, we pro- we don't talk about him enough. His floor is so safe. 11.7 DK points in every game this season. At least 11.7. He's gone over 20 three different times. Jamar Chase, when they played earlier this season, scored two touchdowns as well. So I think that's a really nice call on the bring back if you wanted to go Chase on the other side, if you wanted to go Joe Mixon on the other side. Uh, I think just playing Ben in general is just a way to get different on the slate. So uh, definitely an interesting call there. Uh, go ahead, see, I... No, I was just I was just gonna say I didn't think I did not think Mike was gonna be able to convince me to play Big Ben. <laughs> and that was extremely convincing. So I'm gonna have to have some shares of that exact stack and bring back that he was uh just talking about. Mike, do you have any interest in Pat Fryermuth? He is forty three hundred, no Eric Ebron here, and uh he's going up against a defense that has allowed a touchdown to a tight end in three straight games. Yes, I definitely do. Um I think that I'll end up fading Najee Harris. Um Based on, I know I told you he had 14 catches in this matchup last time, but I, I think that's totally related to Deontay Johnson not being on the field. Um, so, yeah, I will have double stacks with Ben. Um, one of them will be Deontay Johnson and Pat Fryermuth. One, I might exclude Deontay Johnson and play Chase Claypool instead. But, yes, all over Pittsburgh passing game, and Jamar Chase is my favorite bring back by a considerable margin. The Jets are at the Texans, and the Texans are two-and-a-half-point favorites with a 44-and-a-half-point total. This is the Toilet Bowl, the battle for draft picks, and let's see what happens here. Uh, Michael Carter will not play this week because of an ankle injury, and uh, Zach Wilson will start at quarterback. Corey Davis tweaked his groin at practice on Wednesday and was limited, so uh, we'll we'll see what happens there. Obviously, we know Elijah Moore is uh, playing out of his mind right now. For the Texans, not injury-related, but Phillip Lindsay was cut leaving them with three running backs on their roster, David Johnson, Rex Burkhead, and Royce Freeman. Tyrod Taylor, just 5300 He is $300 less than Cam Newton on this slate. Uh, Mike, we'll go right back to you because I know that you touted Tyrod Taylor on our Tuesday podcast. Uh, where are you looking to play him? Cash, GPP, both? What do you think? Uh, it's probably going to be... I, I've cooled off on it, frankly. Okay. I will be honest with you. Uh, that's where Ben has come in. The reason why I've cooled off on it is I've got some preliminary ownership projections, and he is the third highest owned quarterback on this slate. Wow. He is potentially going to be the second highest owned. So Justin Herbert is listed as number one, and I'm a little skeptical that that's actually going to be true. Um, Cam Newton and Tyrod Taylor, I think, will be one and two, but they're listed as two and three right now. So that's a big reason why we're also kind of on the Ben Roethlisberger side. I don't hate Tyrod Taylor. It's obviously a good matchup. You have a natural little bring back with Ty Johnson uh, if you want to. So I like Johnson on the other side of the game. Um, Tyrod, I'll, I'll probably end up with one of my five lineups as a Tyrod Taylor lineup, but I don't know that I'm going to be stacking him at all. I think it'll literally just be Tyrod and that salary and, and what he possesses at that spot and then just be building out the rest of the lineup. See, it's a good matchup for both teams running backs. We just 
don't really have any running backs to be overly excited about um, outside of just them being super cheap, right? So Ty Johnson is 4,300. Tevin Coleman is at 4K. David Johnson on the other side, 4,500. Rex Burkhead, yes, it is uh, 2021. We are talking about Rex Burkhead. He is 4,200 on DraftKings. Do you like any of these running backs because of how cheap they are? I just think it's so cool that Rex Burkhead got 18 carries last week. <laughs> I, I'm so fascinated by that. Um, with that said, yeah, I do like Ty Johnson at 4,300. Listen, so it's going to be Tevin Coleman and Ty Johnson. But I think in terms of share, if you include target share as well, I think Ty Johnson is definitely in for more touches. He's going to be the third down back, the, the passing downs back in all likelihood. And I think, you know, from a just first and second down standpoint, I think you're talking about potentially splitting carries. So at 4,300, he's going to allow me to do a lot of different things. And if I can if I can assume he's going to get somewhere between 12 and 15 touches, which I think is fair, then I think he's going to be worth the price. So, yeah, I like Ty Johnson quite a bit. Uh, as far as the tie rod question, I, you know, I think I'm going to be paying up for quarterback a lot. So tie rod is probably not going to be in my GPPs from a cash standpoint. I'll probably defer to somebody else, uh, maybe like a Big Ben or maybe like a Cam Newton. Uh, I do like Tyrod. I just don't know that I like him enough for cash or GPP. Mike, do you like anything in the Jets passing game? You mentioned Ty Johnson could be a natural bring back if you're playing Tyrod Taylor. Uh, Zach Wilson back, and I don't, I'm not really sure that that helps the offense overall, uh, but Elijah Moore is playing very well right now. He's 5,600, uh, played 80% of the snaps, in week 11, that was his most since week one. He has six plus targets in five straight games. Uh, he has four touchdowns over his last three. So do you have any interest in Elijah Moore or anybody else in the Jets passing game? Elijah Moore is the one I would have interest in. Yeah, um, just because I think that no matter how much he would get touted, how much any of us are going to talk about him, I don't think he's going to be popular because of the $5,600 price point. Like there's a drastic difference on DraftKings from when he was 3,500 or even 4,400, but like once you get over 5,000 and it's really not that 52 to 54, like the full 56 here, it sounds a little silly to be talking about it because it's only $200, but it makes a massive difference in lineup construction on that site. So I do have some interest. I think he's a great play. If the Jets are going to be competitive in this game, I think it's going to have to come from him or Ty Johnson. So I'm, I'm in on Elijah Moore if I'm looking for something to bring back on the other side of the Tyrod lineup. Oh. Yeah, and just just real quick, I mean, it's not the worst thing in the world to have Tyrod to Brandon Cooks and bring it back with Elijah Moore. Cooks didn't have the game last week. That doesn't mean his and Tyrod's connection is not going to happen. If you did that, just doing the quick math, it is going to allow and bring it back with Elijah Moore. It's going to allow you to do so much because Cooks is only fifty eight hundred. He was six K last week, so he's he's less. Tyrod's only fifty three hundred. Elijah Moore is fifty six hundred, which isn't bad. Um, so it does allow you to do a lot of stuff if you want to try to get sneaky with that in GPPs. Yeah, uh, look, we need a way to spend up for guys like McCaffrey and Cooper Cup mm -hmm. this week, Devontae Adams, and you know that's a way to do it. You spend down a quarterback, a uh, cheap little game stack there between the Jets and the Texans. See, do you have any interest in the DST? Because uh, I was looking at the Texans in cash as of now. I believe they're 2,300. They have two double-digit scoring games in a row on DraftKings, and, and now they face the Jets, so... And we've seen them play well at home, and Zach Wilson's coming off an injury. Absolutely. You know I, I love punting on defense. 2300 again, we're going to be looking to, to spend up in other places. You know, last week we had the luxury of fitting in the Browns defense at 3100 because we had so many other paydown options. Not that there aren't paydown options this week, but there aren't as many that you're going to love necessarily. So I think the Houston Texans defense makes a ton of sense.
All right, if you want to play against us on DraftKings this week, you can do just that. We have two contests running, one on Thanksgiving. If you're listening to this in the morning uh, before the Thanksgiving slate starts for some reason, jump in. Uh, 150 entries, $5, top 15 gets paid out. The link is in the podcast and the YouTube description if you would like to join and play against Sia Mike and myself. Let's take a quick break. We've got five games down. We've got five more to go. We'll do it here on Fantasy Football Today DFS. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. From the world of Sonic the Hedgehog, a new hero arrives. I am ready. Is there anyone stronger? No. Tougher? No. Funnier? I do not make jokes. I make warriors. Knuckles, now streaming only on Paramount+. Plus. Yes! All right, let's move on to the Titans at the Patriots. The Patriots are six and a half point favorites. That is the biggest spread on the main slate with a 44 point total. The Titans had 10 missing from practice on Wednesday, most notably A.J. Brown and Jeremy McNichols. They had five more limited, including Deonta Foreman and offensive lineman Roger Saffold. Adrian Peterson was cut from the Titans. Hope you did not spend too much uh, fab on him in your season-long leagues. And uh, that means Dontrell Hilliard will stick around with the, uh, with the Titans running back group for now. And with the Patriots, 11 were limited in practice here including Damian Harris dealing with a new neck injury, so we'll monitor that throughout the course of the week. Uh, Jonu Smith and Hunter Henry were also limited here on Wednesday. Um, even though this game features the third highest implied team total on the slate with the Patriots, I am struggling to find anything that I am very excited about in, in this game. So I think it's going to be slow. I think we see a lot of running. I think we see defense. Uh, if Harris were somehow out, you know, Ramondre Stevenson would be an awesome play, I think, at 5,200. Mike, is there anything, anything that is standing out to you from this game? Absolutely nothing standing out to me uh, for this game at this point. Um, you know, it could change. If Harris is ruled out, it would definitely change. Stevenson would be very attractive. But uh, as of right now, yeah, there's literally nothing. Uh, See so yeah, you. Get the, you get the pleasure of talking about the Titans at the Patriots. Deonta Foreman, probably going to be used on early downs. He's only 4,800. If AJ Brown were out, you know we get some cheaper pass catchers there. But if he's out, I mean this this offense has already looked pretty pretty awful since Derrick Henry has gone down. So what do you think about this? Well, game? You, you haven't mentioned the best guy in this game, Uh-oh. and it's not AJ Brown. It's Dontrell Hilliard at forty six hundred <laughs> on DraftKings. <laughs> so here's go. the thing: it, monitor Jeremy McNichols' status and De- Deontay Foreman's. I I'm not so sure Jeremy McNichols is going to play. Uh, He's recovering from that concussion. He did not practice Wednesday, so we'll have to wait and see on that. If he's not going to play, Dontrell Hilliard becomes that third down back that he was last week where he had seven carries and nine targets and a 63% snap share. So imagine a negative game script, which they probably will have at New England, and it's likely he'll get the same type of snap share and the same type of volume. And when you're getting nine targets, I don't care who you are. If you catch five or six of those, you're probably going to be valuable valuable and you're probably going to be paying off that 4600 price tag so again if it's Deontay and Dontrell Hilliard I think I would probably take a shot and roster Dontrell Hilliard here and there 
All right, professional. There he goes. See, we needed something from this game, and you provided us that. Dontrell Hilliard. Let's move on to the Panthers at the Dolphins. The Panthers are two-point favorites. With a 42-point total, this is the lowest game total on the slate. For the Panthers, offensive lineman John Miller limited at practice. And for the Dolphins, neither Will Fuller nor Devontae Parker returned to practice on Wednesday. Uh, tight end Adam Shaheen did not practice as well. This game starts with CMC and Cam Newton. We spoke about them a lot on Tuesday's podcast, but let's refresh everybody. Mike, how are you feeling about uh, both CMC and Cam Newton here? Uh, feeling really good about Christian McCaffrey. I'm feeling okay about Cam Newton. My issue with Cam Newton is just the ownership is going to be higher this week. Um, rightfully so. We've seen a two-game sample size, scored touchdowns in both, so it makes a lot of sense. Um, you mentioned it's the lowest total. It's going to be the slowest game, most likely. Um, it's a little scary when McCaffrey could run touchdowns in, but uh, you know I'm going to play him. But I've cooled off on him just a little bit just because of the ownership, but still in on Christian McCaffrey. Um, I, I think that he's still going to have insane workload, and frankly, I think that they're going to really struggle to contain him. So I love McCaffrey. Cam is okay. All right. Something we mentioned on Tuesday's podcast is when you stack a quarterback with a running back, you you basically give yourself exposure to all of the, that team's yeah. uh, touchdowns. So I do think that you know if the Panthers score three touchdowns in this game, if you play both Cam Newton and Christian McCaffrey, you're going to wind up with all of their touchdowns. Theoretically, you know anything can happen. You could get a defensive touchdown. Yep. Uh, you know something weird happening. But I would imagine you know. Maybe Cam gets two of them, and CMC either runs one in or gets a receiving one from uh, from Cam Newton here. See ya. How are you feeling about CMC? He's the highest price, uh, second highest price running back on both DraftKings and FanDuel behind Jonathan Taylor. Is he a priority spend for you this week? You know, over JT, over someone like Cooper Cup. Yeah, probably. I, I like him better than both those guys. Uh, you know, he's. it looks like he's fully back from his injury, which we weren't 100% sure about last week. Uh, speaking of percentages, 90% of the snaps last week, 11 carries, 8 targets. Uh, he looks really good, by the way. Remember when I was talking about Saquon Barkley and you, he'd make a cut and you're like, damn, man, I, I'm not sure he really planted his foot like he wanted to there. Christian McCaffrey, whole different ballgame. Just the way he was running routes and shaking linebackers uh, against the Washington football team who generally had good coverage of him coming out of the backfield and he still was able to shake them and cam was still be able to get him the ball so i agree with mike i'm a little down on cam i'm not sure what to make of this miami defense overall they have been playing better over the last few games and it really kind of makes me nervous in terms of cam actually being successful anywhere throwing it downfield which makes me like christian mccaffrey even more i think they're really going to lean on christian mccaffrey this game so he's my only piece that i'll be playing uh, in gpps and cash uh, on that side of the ball, actually, in this entire game. All right. Well, uh, I was going to bring up the Dolphin side of things. Michael, ask you. I mean, the good thing about the Dolphins is you most likely know where the ball is going here, right? It's Miles Gaskin, it's Jalen Waddle, it's Mike Gesicki. I think those are uh, the, the three main pieces in the offense as of now. Uh, the problem is this is a much tougher matchup going up against the Panthers defense than it was a week ago going up against the New York Jets. So, do you have any interest in the Dolphin side of things? I don't have a ton uh, because like Sia there, I actually think I'm mostly off of Cam, mostly just going to be McCaffrey heavy. Uh, I will say, if you are going to play Cam Newton and you're probably pairing him with McCaffrey, in that situation, I would require a run back just because I think you're going to need it for that game to like really get to this the, the amount of points that you're going to need. And for me, it would be Jalen Waddell. 
Um, I, I think that the way Miami has a lot of success here is they hit a big play or two, much like the Washington football team did to Terry McLaurin that kept them, frankly, not even in the game, but allowed them to go win that game. Uh, you're going to need that from Miami to like really recognize Cam's ceiling, in my opinion. Well, the reason why we're playing McCaffrey is because of his floor, frankly. It's the combination of the floor and the ceiling, but it's really because of the floor in a game that we think that they may not be just totally blowing them out. So if you're playing Cam, I would play someone on the other side, and for me it would be Waddle. All right, Jalen Waddle, six-plus targets in seven straight games for the Miami Dolphins. The... Salary climbing up a little bit now up to 5,900, but rightfully so. Targets have been there. He's been a pretty consistent. You want to talk about a player with a floor? Uh, Jalen Waddle has a pretty safe one at this point. On to the afternoon games. We have the Chargers at the Broncos. The Chargers are two and a half point favorites with a 48 point total. Asante Samuel Jr. did not practice for the Chargers on Wednesday. And on the Broncos side, offensive lineman Garrett Bowles is on the COVID list. Safety Kareem Jackson did not practice coming off of a four touchdown game and 41 DK points. Austin Eckler is now priced up to a season high 8,400 over on DraftKings. See, what do you think about this spot for Austin Eckler? I like it. I, I don't know if I'm going to get there with him at 8,400. Uh, it, it's, it's at Denver. It's just, it's one of those things where if I can get up to it, I will, but I think there's too many other players, receivers, and running backs I like. I do like this game in general. I think it's a really interesting stack. I think when you look at it, you're like, oh, I probably just want to avoid this game. But the total is pretty high at 48. It's one of the relatively higher ones. And I think on both sides of the ball, these offenses, I know Teddy Bridgewater doesn't really throw it down the field, but I definitely think you could stack Herbert with either an Austin Eckler or a Keenan Allen and bring it back with somebody like a Jerry Judy, for example. And that could absolutely work out for you. Mike, how do you feel about that? Uh, any interest in stacking this game? Justin Herbert, uh, you talked about earlier, the, the Chargers offense had been scuffling a little bit, but we know Justin Herbert on a weekly basis, he has just about as much upside as anybody on the slate. He runs a little bit. Obviously, he's got receivers that can make big plays. He's gone over 30 DK points four different times this season. Any interest in uh, potentially stacking Justin Herbert with some of his weapons and a potential bring back on the Broncos side? Yeah, I mean, I think there's some interest there. Uh, I don't know how much I'm ended up getting there. I think that I'll probably play some of the individual pieces. I might have a piece of Keenan Allen. I might have a piece of Mike Williams. Who I, Mike Williams looked a lot better in that game. He looked healthy again. He looked uh, looked really good. So I, I do like Mike Williams. I'll probably use him as some one-offs, as some taking some shots in a, in a tournament here. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't know. I'm, I'm playing so much of the Steelers this week uh, as of right now that I don't know that I'm going to end up getting to the plays that I like. And then there's a couple other big receivers that we'll talk about in the next few games. So I like them. I just don't know how much I'll end up using them. And it's obviously scary fading guys like Herbert Allen and uh, Austin Eckler. Very, very scary fading those guys in a competitive division game, but. As of right now, I don't have a ton of them than Mike Williams as a one-off. Yeah, I don't. I will say, yeah, go Frank, ahead. Real Zim. quick, I, I will say, and uh, and I'm sorry I didn't even bring up Mike Williams. At his price, he makes a lot of sense. Of course, he had that sort of late breaking touchdown. I mean, he it wasn't really an impressive game before that, but it kind of could have been. He had six targets. That's not great compared to Keenan Allen, but it's 5,700. And I think in a GPP, certainly not in cash, but in a GPP, a Herbert to Mike Williams stack, maybe you add Eckler or like a Jared Cook to that as a price saver, and you bring it back with somebody like a Jerry Judy, for example, or Javante Williams if you want to get crazy. I, I think that makes a lot of sense from a GPP standpoint. 
Yeah, Mike Williams. I like we're all on the same page here because that's exactly what I wanted to say. His salary is down to fifty seven hundred. His lowest price since week one. So yeah, at that at that price, I I I think I'm in. You mentioned Jerry Judy a little bit earlier. I think if you do want a piece of the Broncos passing attack, it's just so tough because they have legitimate weapons. Like I I believe really good players um, in Judy and Sutton and Patrick and, and Noah Fant. But Teddy Bridgewater just can't support all these guys. It's just not his style. They're not going to throw the ball that much. Uh, so it, it's tough. But if you are playing one of them, I think Judy, 5,500. Uh, he leads the team with a 25% target share since he returned from injury. Let's move on to the Vikings at the 49ers. The 49ers are three-point favorites with a 48.5 point total. And their defensive end, Everson Griffin, dealing with some stuff right now. So uh, hope that he can get back on track. Looks like he's not going to play this week, obviously. Cornerback, Brashad Brilliant. Uh, was limited in practice for the 49ers. Elijah Mitchell was limited at practice as well. Jamichael Hasty did not practice. This game has the second highest total on the slate as of now. Um, Mike, I know you like your Steelers, but are you interested in uh, stacking this game, the Vikings at 49ers? I don't think I'm going to stack it, but I am going to have pieces of it for sure. Uh, This one, I really need injury news before we can really dive in, but... As of right now, I'm operating as if it's going to be the Jeff Wilson show again. Uh, And unfortunately, that play popped on my timeline today on Twitter where I just had to watch Jimmy Garoppolo miss him in the end zone like 47 (laughs) times before I scrolled away. Uh, It it was absolutely painful. But the good news is when you're wanting to and willing to invest again the next week and you see that ugly box score, that will absolutely turn people away, will not turn me away. So I love Jeff Wilson as long as Mitchell is out. Mitchell was a limited participant in practice. I think they're cautious with him still. Um, so Hasty was not did not practice. So I like Jeff Wilson. Love Debo Samuel again. Uh, I, I think it's a spot where if they are banged up at running back at all, just like we saw against Jacksonville, they're going to lean on Debo. They're going to lean on Brandon Ayuk. So I love Debo Samuel. I love Jeff Wilson. On the Vikings side, I am struggling to find where I want to go. And uh, I haven't made up my mind if I'm playing any of them yet because I'm so heavy on that Cincinnati-Pittsburgh game. Mike, I want to follow up real quick here. Um, any concern about Debo Samuel? Because like the price tag is getting up there, 7,900. You mentioned you like him. He has the seven targets over the last two games, obviously getting a few carries right now. He's got 13 carries during that stretch. He's running so hot with touchdowns, right? Just like scoring at an unsustainable pace. Does that worry you at all when it comes to Debo at his price tag? I mean, yeah, it's obviously a little concerning, and I'd like to see that reception volume going back up. But as long as he's got the football in his hands, I mean, it's, you know, he's still got a pretty big workload. So I'm not going to just not play him because of that. You know, we'll look at the ownership and see. Um, I don't think that he was projecting as like the top two or three. Maybe he was. Let's see. Um, Yeah, he's around the sixth most popular. Um, I, I think that. What will happen with him? It's going to depend on what happens with the Bucks because if Godwin and some of those guys end up passing him for whatever reason, injuries, things like that, then I will be in on him. Um, if they do not and he's projecting to be higher owned than those guys, then I will likely pivot away. But as of right now, I don't have any concern uh, as I think it's a pretty good matchup for him against the Vikings. Brandon Ayuk, I like quite a bit. He is 5,300. He's, I don't think he's still priced up to 
the role that he's had the past really four weeks. Uh, he's played 88% of the snaps or more four straight weeks. And um, yeah, 25% target share since week nine. That's when George Kittle returned. So him and him and George Kittle leading the team in targets since that time. See, what do you think about the Viking side of things? I always think that like if you want to stack any game really involving the Vikings from a GPP perspective, like I have no problem doing it because they get into like these crazy shootouts and I think it could happen once again here in this spot. Obviously their defense is still pretty questionable. The 49ers have some really good weapons. So I, I, I think this game is, uh, we could see some shootout potential here and with guys like Dalvin Cook and Justin Jefferson, uh, we know what their upside could be on any given week. So how are you feeling about the Vikings side? Uh, I totally agree. But before I get to that, I, I watched the Jeff Wilson replay too when Jimmy Garoppolo missed him. And, I, and the only reason I watched it, I wanted to see if I could give Jimmy G the benefit of the doubt because he was running a slant, you know, it was like a crossing pattern and he kind of ran into it, it might have been use check or one of the backup tight ends in the middle of the route. And I thought, well, maybe Garoppolo released it right as he ran into his own teammate and it just held him up for like a half a second. But no. He got through that, that that mini half a second collision and took a couple steps and then Garoppolo got rid of it and still managed to miss him. He was the only guy on that side of the field. It was strange how anybody, let alone an NFL quarterback, could have missed him. But I think he was playing against him in fantasy, if you want to know the truth. I, I genuinely <laughs> think he was playing against him in fantasy. That's the only thing I can come up with. Yeah, I like this stack. I, I like Cousins to Jefferson or Cousins to Thielen. I don't think people are going to, going to be willing to pay up for Jefferson at 8,300 with everything else going on in this slate. Cup, Devontae Adams, some of the high-end running backs like CMC. So I think this one's really sneaky. You know, the one thing about the San Francisco defense, it, it, you know, they've been playing pretty well the last couple of games, but the secondary is still pretty bad. And even though they have Bosa at the edge, their pressure rate isn't that good. Kirk Cousins is good when you aren't creating pressure on him. If he can sit back there and and wait a couple seconds to get Justin Jefferson deep, this could be another breakout game for the both of them. So I like that stack with bringing it back with either Debo or to save the money. I agree with you. Brandon Ayuk, he's running a ton of routes. He's playing a ton of snaps, seven targets, seven catches, 85 yards, and a touchdown last week. He is steadily climbing, and this could be another great game for him. I think one of my favorite GPP mini stacks here is playing Dalvin Cook with Brandon Ayuk on the other side because you spend mm -hmm. up on one end for the running back. You save a little bit of salary on the wide receiver. Dalvin Cook, 25 plus touches in each of his past two games. I still think we are, we're close to like a monster Dalvin Cook game, like 30 plus points. Um, so I, I have no problem spending up on Dalvin Cook and, and potentially bring it back with Brandon Ayuk. Let's wrap up the week here with the Rams at the Packers. This is currently a pick'em, 47 and a half point total. Uh, some weather concerns here. Not really, like it's not awful weather. It's 38 degrees. It's cold this time of year in Lambeau. You you know what you're gonna get. Uh, 16 mile per hour wind. So keep that in mind. I mean, normally anything over like 20, you start to get to like 25 mile per hour winds. Like that could legitimately affect the passing game. 16 is not awful, but I just thought I would mention. Uh, for the Rams, Leonard Floyd did not practice on Wednesday, but Sean McVay said that he expects him to play. For the Packers, Aaron Rodgers did not practice dealing with that toe injury. David Bakhtiari not expected to play this week. Devontae Adams, Alan Lazard, and Aaron Jones, the surprise, limited in practice on Wednesday. So, you know, this Aaron Jones situation kind of comes out of nowhere. I mean, we, we were all pretty confident he was not going to play, and he still might not. Uh, we got to see, you know, how this plays out the rest of the week. But, Mike, let's just say that Aaron Jones does play. Does that mean that we are off both him and A.J. Dillon in the spot? I would be off of him, 
but I would still play AJ Dillon uh, because it would tank AJ Dillon's ownership, and there, I, there's no way, in my opinion, that Aaron Jones is going to come back into this game and just take full control of it. I mean, we already saw that AJ Dillon was it was rapidly becoming a pretty even timeshare at times already this season. So I think it would be an okay time to still buy in on AJ Dillon because he still is only 5,900. Um, and then you're getting drastically reduced ownership. So in, in that cold weather, I just, I don't see any scenario that Aaron Jones plays. It would be foolish when they have a bye week next week to rush yeah, him back for the right. spot in, in a cold weather environment. I know he's used to playing in the cold, but it, it's just, it seems very silly, and I'm not even willing to run my data with Aaron Jones in because I just refuse to believe that it's going to happen. And assuming that Aaron Jones is actually out, we are full on jamming AJ Dillon, right? At 5,900? Correct. All right. We have the battle of the best two wide receivers. I, I, I feel pretty confident saying that in the game right now. Cooper Cup is 9600 the highest priced player on DraftKings this week. He is the highest priced wide receiver over on FanDuel. Uh, Devontae Adams, $1,000 cheaper. He is at $8,600. Uh, Sia, how are you handling those two, Adams and Cooper Cup? And any potential Rams-Packers game stacks in general here? Probably not on the game stack front. I think when it comes to playing the receivers as well, I think it is important to monitor the weather and just kind of see where this wind kicks up to, you know, come Sunday morning or Sunday afternoon. This is a 425 game. Uh, with that said, I'm not going to be playing Cooper Cup, I don't think. Uh, I agree with what Mike said. You know, if you're, you know, they're playing in conditions that are kind of new to them up in Green Bay with the wind, that doesn't mean Cooper Cup's going to have a bad game, but it does kind of like, you know, chip away at him a little bit in terms of his upside. So I, I don't want to pay the 9,600 more importantly. So I'm trying to find ways not to to justify not playing Cooper Cup. And, and that's sort of the reasoning I'm going with. And by the way, they are going to try to work Odell Beckham in and they do have Van Jefferson. Tyler Higby might be a decent play if you want to get a share of this game in sort of a contrarian way. Probably not a game I'm stacking. I do like Daryl Henderson's price tag at 5,800. I, of course, love A.J. Dillon's price tag at 5,900. One thing we've seen people do against the Rams is bully ball. And it is going to be A.J. Dillon. I don't think Aaron Jones is going to play for all the reasons Mike set out. I think it's going to be, you know, the Packers play at a slow pace anyway. I think it's going to be A.J. Dillon bully ball in the cold, windy weather. And I don't know that the Rams can stop that. So I kind of like Adams, but I absolutely love A.J. Dillon. And and I do like Daryl Henderson as well. Man, I'm messing around right now because I'm just trying to figure out, like, if you put Cooper Cup and Adams in your lineup together, you have basically 4,500 to spend on every other spot. So you just throw the Texans defense in there. You know, that brings that all the way up to like 4,900. I put Ben in with Deontay Johnson and T Higgins and spent down at tight end at Dan Arnold. That leaves you with 4K for uh, your second running back, assuming you play Ty Johnson. So it's just so tough, right? Like if you play Cup and Adams in the same lineup to try and get that correlation, it's you're going to have to you're looking at one of the Jets running backs, maybe a Texans running back. You're spending down a tight end um, and obviously you're spending down a quarterback and, and finding other ways to get different there. But it's just tough if you want to if you want to get both of those guys in your lineup. Uh, Mike, we see and I mentioned Daryl Henderson the other day. I, th I think we both like him at fifty eight hundred. Uh, just seems like too low of a price based on uh, his role in this offense. But I think he's probably going to garner a decent amount of ownership. So how are you feeling about Daryl Henderson? Yeah, not going to be for me. Um, I, I'm pretty set on the running backs that I like. Uh, I actually don't think Henderson's going to be that popular. I'm showing him as like the 13th or 14th highest on <laughs> running back. Right. Um, just because of the price point, like 
no one's really playing him over AJ Dillon. You might play him with AJ Dillon, but you're, mm-hmm. you're not getting to him over AJ Dillon. Um, McCaffrey's going to be popular. And then you've got some of the cheaper guys. Um, I, I think it's either going to be Wilson. And if it's not Wilson and Eli Mitchell plays at 5,400, like it's going to be tough to, to get there for a lot of people, I think. So if you like him, I actually think it makes him an even better play knowing that he's not going to be one of the most popular running backs. I, I'm just not going to get there. For me, I think that they're going to make them throw the football in these conditions, and I, I think it's going to be a Tyler Higby or nothing for me kind of game. I would try to play Adams and Cup together. It, 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 it's doable, like you said. Um, it does get difficult, but I do think there's enough value to get there. The issue with that is you just need all the value to really work and for them to have a good game for that kind of lineup to work. So the only other thing I'd like to say is I'd like to point out how ridiculous your first statement was. And it's not ridiculous that you said it. It's ridiculous that it's true and that you said that someone was $1,000 more expensive than Devontae Adams. Yeah. That is crazy. Absolutely (laughs) crazy that someone at the same position as Devontae Adams is $1,000 more expensive than Devontae Adams. I can't get over that. See, are you still on Daryl Henderson? I like what I just heard from Mike. You know, I mean, if we're getting Daryl Henderson is like the 13th or 14th most popular running back on the slate, then I I am very interested. Yeah, and I haven't really done a, a hierarchy in, in terms of who I'm interested in. He's certainly not in my top three or four to roster, but he'll definitely be in my player pool. Um, I mean, you can run on Green Bay. And I, and I honestly, I think the Rams kind of have to revert to that game plan a little bit too. It's it's real nice when when you're playing indoors and you're chucking it around. But, you know, the, the, the Green Bay secondary for the most part, has been pretty stingy. I think they they need to establish the run to get Cooper Cup and Odell Beckham and Van Jefferson going and Tyler Higby. So yeah, I, I think 5,800 is, is good. If he was 6,400, I wouldn't be playing him. Let's put it that way. All righty. Uh, I did just want to mention Van Jefferson real quick. He's 4,900 on DraftKings, has six plus targets in four straight games. He has eight red zone targets since week eight. That's, that's like a legitimate... That's a legitimate weapon, and you know that was with some of those games were with Robert Woods. So uh, you know they're finding ways to get Van Jefferson involved, um, and obviously it's it's a good way to gain leverage on Cooper Cup here in this spot. Let's go to the Don. The Don uh, had a big week. We mentioned that a lot of times. You know we've given him enough credit at this point. He had Brandon Ayuk. It's a new week. We're into week twelve. Pops, let's let's hear who you got. What are we going with? Hello, everybody. This is the Don. Okay. Last week the sneaky picks worked out pretty well. That's right. And before I give you my sneaky picks this week, I want to wish everybody a happy Thanksgiving. And let's get to business. I feel like running this week. So it's going to be Miles Sanders. And the bonus pick is going to be Melvin Gordon. And you could take that to the bank. Take that to the bank. Miles Sanders at 5,100. We did not talk about Melvin Gordon at all. Uh, Melvin Gordon is 5,300. Going up against his former team, the Los Angeles Chargers, they do dare you to run. So, I mean, I would qualify that as a sneaky pick, Sia. That, that's oh, I sneaky. totally agree. I mentioned Javante Williams, but I could have very easily said Melvin Gordon. It's just a matter of does Javante start to take some of that some of that share away so that he's tipping the scales a little bit over 50%. I don't know that that happens this game. So I think Melvin Gordon against the Chargers defense makes plenty of sense. All right, we're saving some salary. Uh, we've got... Some cheap quarterbacks this week. We've got some cheap running backs, Miles Sanders and Melvin Gordon there from the Don. Let's wrap up with our Week 12 cheat sheet, our favorite value, Chalk, Contrarian, plus our favorite stack. And Mike, we will start with you. 
All right, value play. I'm going with Jeff Wilson just because I believe that he's going to be the back again. I don't think they rush Mitchell back. Uh, if they do, I might slide him into the contrarian play slot because I do think that he's still going to get touches even if Mitchell does play. So I like Jeff Wilson as the value for now. For the chalk play, Christian McCaffrey. I think he's going to be the highest owned player on the slate, and I'm still going to play him. I think it's a great spot for him. I think he's going to see a ton of volume, and like Sia mentioned earlier in the show, he looks great. The way he's cutting on the field, he looks like prime Christian McCaffrey. For my contrarian play, Jamar Chase. You may or may not say that's contrarian because he's been so good this season. However, I don't think the game's going to be ultra popular. I think there are a number of wide receivers, and the price point is middling to the point where I don't think he's going to garner a lot of ownership. And then for my stack, Ben Roethlisberger to Deontay Johnson. Expect a ton of volume in Deontay Johnson's direction. Expect that defense to allow the Cincinnati Bengals to score some points and put the Steelers in obvious passing situations. See, everybody makes fun of you, Mike, when we go with the Kansas City Chiefs stack, right? The Chiefs are off the slate, and you know what? Mike is throwing it right back at you. Big Ben to Deontay Johnson. It's, I like it. I like it. See ya. What do you got? Value, chalk, contrarian, and stack for week 12. Dipping real low in value, which I like to do. Uh, Ty Johnson at 4,300. I just think he's going to get just enough volume, and he has some upside against the team he's going up against to, to justify that play. Chalk play A.J. Dillon. We just talked about it. I don't need to go into detail there. Bully ball for the Packers. Uh, the contrarian play is James Robinson. I don't think many people want pieces of this game. I think James Robinson is starting to get healthy, and he's one of the only reliable options, if not the only reliable option, that the Jaguars have. And my stack is a familiar one. It's Tom Brady to Chris Godwin. And speaking of Chris Godwin, I'll just pick it up right there. He is my chalk play as well. I do like him, Keenan Allen, and Deontay Johnson, all three of them. If you want to find a way, I, I, you're probably not going to be able to get all three in your cash lineup, but if you wanted to play at least one of them, you know, maybe two, uh, Chris Godwin is my favorite of that bunch, playing in the, the game with the highest total on the slate. Really strong matchup for him as well. Mike Evans banged up. We'll see what happens with Antonio Brown as well. Value play for me, Brandon Ayuk down at 5,300. Mentioned since week nine, since George Kittle has returned to the lineup, uh, both Kittle and Ayuk lead the team with 25% target share each. He's playing a lot of snaps. He's running a lot of routes. And now he is uh, he's making plays. He's scoring touchdowns as well. So I do like Ayuk as a value play. Contrarian, you guys kind of talked me into this one. Mike Williams, it's really more so about his uh, salary than anything else. He's 5700 his lowest price since way back in week one. I think Keenan Allen's going to be quite popular this week. And I think as a result of that, you're probably going to get Mike Williams at lower ownership than he should be. And... We don't talk about it this often, but stack for me, a quarterback to a running back. That is Cam Newton to Christian McCaffrey. I worry a little bit about the game in general because it does have a lower total here. But again, like if they score three touchdowns, uh, I do think that Cam and CMC are going to account for all of them. Hopefully. We'll see what happens. For Sia and Mike, I am Frank. Thank you all for listening and watching fantasy football today dfs happy thanksgiving again to everybody uh and thank you to everyone who has listened and watches all season long uh it's been a really fun first season here so we do appreciate all of you doing that we'll be back again on tuesday to recap all of week 12's action take an early look at week 13 we will see you then 